Well, we're finishing up a, a, a short two-part series um, called Beyond the Surface. And we began last week by asking, I think, some pretty important questions. And, and the first one was, have you ever wished you were somebody else? Have you ever compared yourself to somebody else? Have you ever doubted um, have you, or have you even wondered why God made you the way you are? And, uh, you know, if, if you've struggled with that in any way, shape, or form in your life, you know, you know that that can be very difficult on a personal level. And it, and, and it may even, even stop you. It may even stop you from becoming what God wants you to become. I think for many of us, if, if we get caught in the circumstances of our lives, and if we get caught in, in who we don't like who we are, then often we stop becoming more than what we could be. And I think uh, that that happens in every one of our lives. We get stalled in, in, in some moments of our lives. And uh, we talked last week uh, from the book of Ephesians about what how, how difficult it is when you are here in your life and you want to move here in your life and the, and the impediments that kind of come in your way. And it was interesting that the Apostle Paul in the book of Ephesians last week talked about two things that kind of get in the way. And he talked about lust and he talked about deception. And most of us, when we talk about lust and when we talk about deception, you, you know, we, we kind of define it very narrowly. Um, but for the Apostle Paul, lust was this misplaced passion, anything that would kind of uh, pervert or distort the boundaries that God has created. You know, it doesn't matter what it is, relationships, sexuality, uh, work, um, you know, uh, work, how, how many of us become so obsessed with work and, and we distort the boundary of the good things of work and there's so many things and we talk, and that's what, that's what Paul's talking about when he's talking about lust, that there's so many things that uh, God has given us that are really good things but they become distorted. The boundaries become distorted and it becomes a problem. Deception, we talked about deception. How many of us live with, with, with lies in our lives? How many of us believe things about ourselves, believe things about others? You know, I've always said that a, a leader's two greatest enemies are perception and expectation. And, and few of those uh, really deal with reality at all, right? And assumptions. We, we, we've, we know how many times people deal with assumptions and deal with perceptions and deal, deal with expectations. Really difficult things. You know, and these things distort what God has placed in our lives. Distort them terribly. You know? So these are the kinds of things that we're talking about. And then we talked, as, as the passage was kind of closing out last week, we saw that the Apostle Paul said, allow the Spirit of God to work in your life. That, that if you want to move from, from this place where you presently are and you want to move to this place that God wants you to become, the place that God wants you to be, you're going to need the Spirit of God to work in your life to do that. You know, as you become a believer, as you become a person who surrenders themselves to God and says, I want to follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ and I want to become this person that you have made me to be, this, this creation that you have made me to be. And if I surrender myself to that, I can move from this place of where I am to the, this place that I want to become and that you want me to become. 
And, and for some of us, that journey is very, very difficult. But with the Spirit's help, um, we, can, we can do that. So this week, we're going to follow along in that particular passage. And I want to show you the, the, the verse that we ended on last week as, as it comes up here in, in just a minute. Um, here's, here's the passage that we ended on last week. It said, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Okay, very interesting passage, very interesting way to end as we did last week. And, and, and I didn't deal with this because I knew I was going to deal with this particular uh, passage this week as we got moving into the next part of the Ephesians passage. And, and here's the interesting thing. People ask me all the time, how do you know you're growing spiritually? How do you know that you're growing spiritually? How do I know that, that God is doing something in my life, right? And, 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 and in all honesty, the first place we want to go is how many times do we pray? You know, how, how often am I reading my Bible? You know, what am, I, what am I doing? How am I serving God? You know, doing all those kinds of, you know, um, expected religious things, if I can put it that way. Those are all good things. Those are all good things. They're all important things. But as we're going to see in a minute, that's not what the Apostle Paul says. Here's this passage that he says, to put on your new nature. Become this new person. Become this person that you want to be. Become this person that God wants you to be. With the empowerment of the Spirit of God as you surrender yourself to Jesus Christ, how do I know that I'm growing more like Jesus? Because that's what God's will is for every individual on this planet. Is God's will is for you to become conformed to the likeness of Jesus Christ. That is God's desire for every single one of you to do that. So how, how do I know that I'm even moving in that direction? How do I know that the changes that are happening in my life are the changes that God wants to have happen in my life? How do I know that I'm, that I'm making progress? And how do I know that other people can look at me and say, you're becoming more righteous and holy and not in a way to condemn you, but in a way to say, you know, this is really positive in your life. The changes are obvious. The changes are real. And we can see them. And we're actually being blessed by them. Okay? So this is a really important passage as we, as we move into the next section. And this is what the Apostle Paul says. Put on your new nature. This is how you do it. So look at what he says here. He says, so stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. By the way, it was an old Jewish proverb that believed that the longer you kept your anger, the wider the door you were opening to demonic influence in the, in the devil. That, that was just a, a Jewish mindset. So to let the sun go down on your anger and you not dealing with it, just invited trouble in the morning. If you are a thief, <laughs> how many of us would say, I'm a thief, right? Um, I, I know, I just think it's so funny that he's so direct about it. You are, if you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words would be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit 
by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. What a beautiful passage, right? There's a great template to put over your life and to say, am I growing in my faith? Am I becoming more like Jesus, okay? I want to I look at, at, at the few, uh, a few of these. I'm going to break down this passage a little bit more for you, okay? So this, this next slide is going to kind of break it all down. So here, here are the main things that the Apostle Paul is talking about. If you're lying, if you're a liar, you replace it with truthfulness, okay? With truth-telling. If, you if you're a person who gets anger, angry easily, reconciliation, is, is um, talking about with anger. If you are a person who's a thief, stealing, right? Right? Don't steal, right? The truth to that is generosity. Look at, look at the, the replacement there. If you're a person who has, uses foul language, okay? Encouragement. Encouragement. Look at, look, at the, look at the list. Look, look, look how it breaks down, okay? And what's, what's fascinating to me is that the Bible just doesn't say, don't do it, right? The Bible actually wants to replace those vices with virtues, okay? Wants to, wants to replace those vices with virtues. Every one of us has a vice. Every one of us knows that we struggle with something. And what the Bible teaches us is if you want to correct that vice, if you want to work through that vice, here is what you do. This is what you replace it. Attempt to do this. Okay? That's the beauty of this, of this particular um, passage. Right? Now, if you look at the left side, right? All of us, all of us, all of us have been victimized by those things by somebody. But you see, that, see the left side? Um, I would argue that side creates victims. All of us have been victimized by, by, by that. You know, we, we, if, if you struggle with those things on the left-hand side, you know, guilt, shame, um, drama, conflict, all of those things are created, you know, if, 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 if you're in a constant state of lying, if you're in a constant state of anger, if you're in a constant state of stealing, in a constant state of fouling, you know, the, the, they just cause problems, right? And we live in a world where drama's heightened for some reason, right? But it creates victims. It's a real problem. Look at the other side, truth-telling, reconciliation, generosity, encouragement. Those are, you know, when you experience those things in individuals, you get, you get peace, right? You get harmony. You get relationships that are worth having. You don't, you don't live in a toxic relationship. They're, they're the relationships we all long to be a part of. This, this is what creates what I call victors, right? How many of us have been blessed by somebody in our lives who... who exemplifies those characteristics that, that no matter what, you know you're going to get the truth from them. And, you, and, and 
you're going to get it fed to you in a way that you can hear it. And it's going to be given to you with, without any doubt that it's done because they care a lot about you. What a difference that makes in a person's life. How many of us just don't even want to have a conversation with an individual because you know where it's going to go? Reconciliation. It's interesting that Paul, Paul says, you know, th- this whole business of anger. Everything's the rage nowadays. I, I think we've even moved. You know, I, re- I, re- I remember uh, reading a story about uh, a senior center in Florida, and they had a huge food fight. Two of them at the buffet started. And the whole senior center ended up, they had to go on lockdown because <laughs> they had this huge food fight and they were just so angry. And it was, it was a, a threesome spat, I guess, over two guys and a girl. And anyway, but uh, that's, what they, that's what they figure out. But we, we've, all, you know, we've all experienced that, right? Um, I love this one, stealing. But isn't it interesting that it becomes generosity, that you move in that direction. It's, it's interesting that there's, there's movement in, in this direction. That how many, you know, how many of us are moving in those directions? Okay? Uh, foul language to encouragement. Instead of cursing someone out, you encourage them. I, you know, I've said this a thousand times. The, the, the best gift that God has given a community of believers is this thing called encouragement. You know what I love about encouragement? It doesn't cost you anything. It, you don't have to wait for a particular time. You don't, you know, you don't need special training. It, you know, it can happen any moment of the day, right? And, and every one of us know how powerful encouragement is. How many of you have had a day and somebody's come along... And you, you can't wait for that 24 hours to be done. And somebody comes along and just says one thing to you that makes all the difference in the world. Encouragement is one of the most powerful gifts that God has given the church. To be able to look out and say, no one can do it like you. No one can say it like you. No one can be in a room full of kids and give them what they need like you. Isn't it amazing how powerful that gift is? And it changes the dynamic of all your relationships. And it's, it, and it's wonderful how, how, how we can look at one side and say, oh, you know, I've, I've, I've had to deal with those issues and how... It strikes us in our relationships. And we've seen the other side and the difference it makes in our lives. And, you know, and this is, this is where it's really important. And this, is, and this is where this whole business of who we're becoming and our spiritual growth is so important. Because God is more concerned about working in you first and foremost before he ever wants to work through you. That what is happening inside of you is more important to God. Now, God is patient. God will give you 
all kinds of opportunity to grow in him. But remember, um, his purposes will be realized in your life, no matter what. Whatever God has purposed for your life, he's going to work it out. Because remember, God can do anything. He can even make a donkey talk, right? God is incredibly patient with you, but God wants to work and will in you the person and the work of Jesus Christ. And that's first and foremost the priority in your life. And when we read scripture, when we pray, when we volunteer, when we um, live our lives out as believers, it's going to be done within the framework of, of passages like this. How many of you can take one of these things like lying and, 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 and be able to say to yourself, I know. I know when I get with the family. I know when I get in certain circumstances. I don't want them to know. I don't want the, them here, you know. And I know I tend to stretch it a bit. How many of you, you know, with, with the anger and, and, and the rage? You know, stealing. One commandment. Don't steal. You, should, you shall not steal, right? How different, ask yourself this question. How different would our world be if we just stopped stealing, period? If we just took that one commandment, how different would our world be? How many of us would be out of work? Because our industries are all about people being dishonest and stealing from one another. How many, how many businesses would, be, would not exist anymore because there'd be no reason for them to exist? Wouldn't you love to leave your door unlocked at night and the door wide open? We spend more time protecting ourselves from one another than we do protecting ourselves from anything else. If you want to grow deeper in your spiritual life, take, this, take one thing and move in that direction. Don't, you know, you, you might be overwhelmed by the package, but remember, small hinges move big doors. And the smaller, those small hinges, as you begin to work on one little thing in your life, what difference will it make as, as things start moving forward and you're growing deeper? It makes a big, big difference because small hinges move big doors. I love what G.K. Chesterton said. He said, the Bible commands us to love our neighbors and to love our enemies. He goes, probably because they're both one and the same. There's an old uh, proverb, um, an ancient proverb that says, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time to plant a tree is today. The point I want to make with that proverb is how many of us, how many of us have spent so many years wishing the past was different? Wishing that we had planted something 20 years ago that we're regretting today. And we've missed out on what God wants to do in our lives. And we've missed out on the, on the good things that God could have done because we've never been satisfied with who we are in him.
Maybe today is the day that you need to plant the tree again. And decide today to surrender yourself wholly to what Jesus has for you. And the difference is incredible. And the difference will be incredible. If there's one thing, I'm not a fortune to, I'm not a prophet, any, any of those kind of, a life surrendered wholly to Jesus Christ is a life that you will never regret. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. These are really important passages. These are really important passages because so, so many times we can get so wound up in, in the exercises of, of spirituality and miss what God is trying to do in our lives right here, right now, to move us to a place that he wants us to become. If, if you're trying to live a life of spirituality, okay, and you're not trying anything for self-improvement, you're just going to live a life of frustration. That, that's all there is to it. If, if God's not doing that work in you to change you, all the Bible reading, all, all, this, all this stuff all, that you're going to do is just going to just become an exercise. But if, but if something's not happening to you inside, it's just going to become a, 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 an exercise in futility. That, that's all it's going to become. And this is really important. And, if from, and, 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 and listen, listen, this is, this is the game you want to be in. Because if you're playing the comparison trap, if you're looking at other people, I wish I could be like that. If you're saying, I'm not happy who God made, made me, you know what happens in the end? You will never win that game. Because you know what? You are stuck with who you are. Because that's who God made you. And if you get out of accepting that, if you get out of what that means in your life and you start wondering about other things and getting off track, you will never win that game. That game will just take you to a dead end. That'll just take you down frustration alley and you will never be happy. You will never be content. You will never be the person. You will always begrudge what's happening to you. You'll always begrudge what God, uh, you know, God thing in your life, even though you might even be a believer be, and be all, all, all think you're spiritually in tune. But if you don't wrestle through that, you will never be able to grow and to come to a place where God will do amazing things in and through you because you are wholly surrendered to who he is and who he has made you to be. That's, that's where you want to go. That's where you want to go. And you know what? I know that I can trust God with what he will do in me if I allow him. Yeah, their Father in heaven. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your love. A lot of what we talk about in the last couple of weeks wouldn't even be possible if you weren't a God who cared deeply for each and every individual in this room. That you love us with a heart of compassion that willingly put your son on a cross would die in the most gruesome of ways. The innocent lamb of God 
in order to bring us into a relationship with you. And sometimes in our own lives, for those of us that are believers, we can forget just how deep that love is. Because the changes that we expect to happen don't always happen. In fact, some of us get so stuck, we start to even doubt the love of God. But nothing is further from the truth. God, you are amazing. And it's not until we wholly surrender to you do we get a glimpse of just the amazing things that you can do in us when we allow you to. So, Father, this morning, I want to pray for anyone here this morning who has doubted your goodness, doubted your love. I thank you that your door is always open. Your ears are always available. Your love is constant. And your mercies are new every morning. What a wonderful God we serve when we allow him to shape us and to move us and to make us into who you want us to be. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.